Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. We at the team hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving as we took some time off to celebrate with our families and really get you kicking for another great week of NBA basketball where it's been a lot of fun, as always. So, let's go ahead and get our excellent candle in, starting with welcome back to a regular show since we haven't had you on besides the Candle Girl interview, Alex Derrickson. What's up, man? Hi, Tim. You're, you, you sound lovely. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. That's good. I'm I'm well rested. I'm ready to I'm ready to start. I'm excited. Yeah, man. <laughs> We're excited to have you back as well as always too. Let's bring in Sean Mackey. Happy belated birthday, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Anything cool? Yeah. Uh, I I I got a Charlotte Hornets T-shirt from homage from my fiance. Say no more. Pretty, nice. Pretty awesome. You're yeah, covering. and a uh, and a Blink One Eighty Two vinyl. So it, it so should totally be shows my age. It, <laughs> it should. It should be noted that she was his fiance prior to the Charlotte Hornet shirt. <laughs> as as much as I, I think the Hornet shirt would have tipped you over the edge, I thought it was good to get this out. That it wasn't like that. And then I. <laughs> so guys, we've had a lot of amazing NBA basketball this year. I mean, there's been so many nights we can just talk about individual players. Especially if you're like Sean and I playing NBA 2K on my team moments, we're stocking on those cards on the side. Obviously, one of these days we'll get that my team. We'll get that my team podcast started at some point. Yeah, we 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 we, got to do a my team podcast sometime (laughs) soon. Damn basketball Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's exact. It's it's really. It's it. That's really what it is. And yeah, man. Him, I, played I, think, it. I, I, I played it for two hours on 2K16, and I went, "Well, this is a rabbit hole. I'm not going down." Hold <laughs> <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. Wait, no. I know where this is headed. T- Tim has totally fallen down that rabbit yes. hole in the last three no, weeks. No, <laughs> You came back up, and you're like, "Do you want to come down here?" And he, he, little, little innocent, little innocent Tim Daniel looked in this. It looked in the storm drain, and you know he asked. He asked you if the my team player cards float. <laughs> and you have floated my way. And you you, said, my you way. said yes, Tim. Everything down here floats. Yeah. They all float. You have floated my way. Magic Johnson floated my way. Damn it. So yeah. Take that. So, yes, it's been a crazy year of NBA basketball so far. A lot of unbelievable, fun performances. And we get to have Alex Derrickson's first edition of Who You Loving, Alex? Who You Loving from the NBA this past week? You should not be surprised by this, but I'm at full mast for Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Nice. Dude is playing out of his mind. I know he missed the, you know, the first like week and a half, two weeks of the season, however long that was. He's back. I got this pulled up right now. 21 points, 6.9 rebounds, 3.8 assists, just shy of a steal a game. He's uh, 35 minutes per game and 1.43s made per game. He's, yeah. uh, he's doing quite well, and yeah. I'm happy to have him on my fantasy team. Yeah, he is completely under the radar. Like I had no idea how how decent he was doing until I mean, yeah. like the last, like the last game he had thirty one five and seven, then twenty four five and two, twenty four and seven, twenty two five and seven. I mean, he, yeah, you're right. This is this is the best he's ever played, ever consistently. And 
Oh, flat out. Like, like, yeah, I mean, top to bottom. I I am so excited to see him, like, turning it on the way that he is. And I love the fact that he's the most relevant player the Jazz have had in so many years, you know, since Williams and Boozer. Yeah. And, and so I, I think, you know, he's doing really well. I think that's a perfect fit for him. The Jazz are 11 and 8 right now. Uh, I mean, I, I really think that he is a crucial instrument in the future of the Jazz, and no one is talking about it. Dude, you're absolutely right. Like, he has been their best player. He's been one of the best players in the Western Conference. Um, and Johnson for filling in and putting up pretty good, like, for his age, Joe Johnson numbers. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, they are... Um, yeah, I, what, what they're doing out there works. Like... The only thing I don't like about the Utah Jazz is if you remember when they played the Bulls that night, they wore that really weird jersey with the stripe like down like from the, like the left shoulder down to like around the back, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" That's my only complaint about the Jazz so far. That makes sense. I just see the jerseys, and it's like a straight Westworld thing where I'm just like, "That doesn't look like anything to me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So, Sean, man, let's fill that up, man. Who are you loving? Who are you loving from this last this past NBA week? I am loving Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Big fucking surprise that is. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, I, I go back and forth with Giannis. I do, I and, know, I know. And, and he's one of those players you go back and forth on because he's usually not very consistent. But last night, I don't know if you know, but the Bucks beat the Cavs. Yes, they did. Big. Pretty soundly. And uh, that's that's with... Tony Snell just putting in eight points. Eight <laughs> monster points, by the way. Um, but he last night, he dropped 34 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, five steals in two yeah. blocks on LeBron flipping James. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know what? Like, he's that guy. He's so young. And, you know, we've been talking about, you know, the Greek freak for a while now. And... It's been well known that he could he's one of those guys who if 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 he used his tools, he could become a triple double machine. Yeah. And and that's kind of like what he's doing right now. I mean, he's averaging twenty two, eight, five, two steals, and two blocks. Two yeah, blocks a game. But I mean he's crazy. Seven, he's seven feet tall playing like three different positions. So actually four different positions. Four so, according to ESPN's fantasy. Yes. You're, yes thank yes. God for that. He's my backup point guard. <laughs> I, I mean, he's, Which he's is ridiculous. I mean, and uh, you know, the bucks, the bucks are, are in the playoff race right now. They're at 500. So mm-hmm. they've won two in a row. Um, so, uh, you know, he's, he's looked great. So um, good for Giannis. Yeah, man. I'll tell yeah. you guys who I am loving right now, and I know the stats probably don't jump out and don't make you think like, "Oh my god, world beater, all star." But all off season, how much did I talk about how much I loved Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Like a lot, Quite a right? Bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. Why well, I'm loving Michael Kidd Gilchrist again right now, guys. He is the leading rebounder on the Charlotte Hornets, a team that has Frank Kaminsky, a team that has Roy Hibbert. <laughs> yeah, Arnold's cousin Hardy. A team that has Roy Hibbert, a team that has. You know, a ton of big, like big body rebounders, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist being the grinder, all energy player he is, with the worst shot I've ever seen, <laughs> really having like a hell of a year for the Charlotte Hornets team, who, like you said, are in the playoff hunt. Just played a really fun back to back on Friday and Saturday against the Knicks, where they lost one and won one. Yes, I know Melo hit the game winning shot over Michael, but he has really become like 
you know, you see a guy that's picked over, second over on the draft, you expect superstar immediately. But he's a guy that's really fit into the role and what the Hornets are doing there. They're playing well. Um, we know it's the Kemba Walker show, but he has really been a really good supporting member of that of that program for them so far. Uh, yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. So I guess on that note, I'll start who you're not loving, who I'm not loving. And um, talking in that same breath of people that we talked to the moon and backward this offseason, um, I'm not loving Devin Booker, guys. Like, I, I expected, I understand he's only, like, he just turned 20, and he's had some good nights this year. But, like, as a whole, I expect him to take his game to the next level and be this great player that we think he's still going to be. And he still obviously will has a lot of chances to do that at his young age. But, man, I expected so much from Devin Book, Book, Booker. And so far, his best moment of the season was when he got ejected, gave the thumbs up to the ref, said bye to his teammates, and signed some autographs on the way out. That is Devin Booker's most baller move this year. <laughs> It was. I completely agree with that. Dude, he's young, though. He's he is. so young. Mm-hmm. I know, and, and he's on kind of a weird team. Yes. Um, he's on a very weird team with a bunch of guards. Um, I uh, I don't want to think about the Phoenix Suns. We've talked about this before, but like, I really don't know what to think about them. They're kind of, uh, you know, I know when we... Uh, we spoke to the the blogger from the Suns website. Owen. Owen, yes, Owen Sanborn. Um, when we spoke with him, uh, you know, we were, I, I was asking him about, do you think that you know Brandon Knight and uh, you know Eric Bledsoe can play together and everything? And now there are trade rumors going around that Brandon Knight might you know might be moved. So um, you know, I I don't really know what's going on with that team, but uh, Booker Booker's going to get better though. He is. He's, uh, He's like he's he's two. Did he just turn twenty one? Just turned twenty. He just turned twenty. Okay, we can't fault him for anything, Tim. <laughs> yes, we can. We can't. What were you doing when you were twenty, dude? Um, I don't want to say that on radio. <laughs> he's like, I was legitimately playing Pokemon, <laughs> not just not just basketball Pokemon. No, I'm, just I'm sorry. When I was twenty, I had a media credential with Bellator mixed martial arts. What did you have, Sean? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's he's he's so young. So, I know, uh, I know, I know. But like, I guess it's not fair because like now, like 19 year old kids come into the NBA and play immediately and do well. Like, so I guess I mean, yeah, I'm I'm being unfair with him. Okay, fine. I'll have another. And one. I, I think I think you kind of keyed in on it too, maybe inadvertently, when you just said kid. Yeah. Like, I think that's the one thing that a lot of us forget is we constantly grow up with all of the NBA players being older than us, mm-hmm. and eventually they lapse us, and we start getting older than the NBA players, yeah. and life gets weird, and I get sad. And <laughs> it is a I, weird feeling. <laughs> it's, it's a very weird feeling, and I, I think that's kind of what's happening, too, is we're totally forgetting. Like you said, he just turned 20. Like, he, like Sean said, he'll get it together, yeah. and he might not. The NBA game might not just be for him. We'll see, but I mean... I mean, it's – I definitely think the jury can safely be out on Devin Booker. All right. Fine. Do I get another one then? If that's a, if that's sure. A, all right. Sure. All right. Sure. I will say that I am not loving the fact court of the Memphis Grizzlies now that Mike Conley's out. Uh, I know that's oh, obvious. God, no. But what was their plan? Like, were they like, man, we know – like, first off, I know we've made the jokes about Conley not making an all-star game. For love of God, he plays in the same conference as Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, and Damian Lillard. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard to make an all-star game. That's not to say he hasn't had a good career. But, like, I feel like when a player gets hurt, like, if you like a point guard around the league, so, like, if Steph gets hurt, Golden State has a plan. 
if Chicago if Chicago Frondo gets hurt, as we've seen, the Bulls have a plan. In Boston, if Isaiah gets hurt, they have a guy there. Golden State's going out there with Wade Baldwin from Vanderbilt and Aaron Harrison, the worst of the Harrison twins from that Kentucky team, thinking that they're going to go win basketball games without Mike Conley. The worst of the two Harrison twins. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Memphis, you need to make a move. You need to go get a point guard. You need to go make a trade for somebody. I don't care what you do. Go get Brandon Knight if he's out there. Like, you got to do something. They're actually, they're, I guess... In like a week or so, I read they're going to be um, eligible for some sort of um, kind of like bonus option where they'll be able to to sign some other you know player because like their I guess their team is maxed out right now. I think they have sixteen players or something. So because of his injury though, and since it's like going to be six to eight weeks, they qualify for some sort of you know amnesty. Nice. So. Um, I don't. I don't know. There's and there's a list online. I don't know. There's a few. There's a few players that are going to be trying out for them over the next week. But it'll be interesting to see who pops up. You know, is one of them Nate Robinson? The, I I hope so. He Me should too. always be on that list. He's, he should be always be on that list. But yeah, I I don't know what they're going to do. But I I think Memphis is on. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say they're old or anything, but. They're one of those teams who really does need to make a change right now. I mean, they've had the same core group for a few years now, and um, it's probably time to to cash out some of those pieces. Yeah. So, Sean, let's let's, yes. let's go. Who, who are you not loving in the NBA right now? Who am I not loving? Uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you if, if you've been reading or watching oh, the Hawks lately, uh, but uh, they've come back know, to after, Earth. Yeah, they come back. Yeah, well, they ended up. It, it was weird. They they went on like they started the season nine and two, and then they followed it with a one and six stretch. And uh, I mean, one of the biggest games they won this year is they beat the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I have no idea what's going on with that team. I mean, they look like a mess on paper, honestly. Yes. I don't think I don't Dwight being there uh, looked really good. <laughs> for the first 11 games. I mean, he mm-hmm. really did. And, like, I, I don't know. They've lost, uh, you know, five of the last six. So, um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. They're another team that's got some older pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got Corver and, uh, you know, they have people like Tabo playing. Is Tabo still there? Tabo's still yeah, there. Yeah, Tabo is still there. Yeah, yeah. Baysmore's you know, been good for them and, like, you know. They, yeah, and he's he's been decent in stretches. Uh, Corver's getting getting pretty pretty old, um, you know. And they you know they they, they traded Teague away. Um, and and Schroeder's not doing terrible or anything. He's I like totally him a lot. capable. Yeah, yeah, I I think I think he's pretty good. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, they're they're still even with the skid they're on right now, they're they're still in the sixth seed in the East, which is so <laughs> sad, you know. Um, and, and the East is completely wide open this year. Like, just like we discussed, by the way, I mean, there's anything could happen right now. And I mean, I think the Cavs and the Raptors are going to make it. Celtics are going to be in there someplace. I don't know about any of the other teams, honestly. (laughs) Seriously, the Hawks, Bucks, Pacers, they could all drop out tonight, tomorrow. And I wouldn't even bat an eye. Same here. Right. Who are you not liking, Alex? Uh, well, I might get some shit for this. Uh, I, I've got I've got my shit shields up. I got my wipers on my glasses, and I'm ready to do this. They're on the uptick, 
but I didn't like the way the season was starting. So I'm going to say this right now. Brad Stevens, Boston, get your shit together. Yeah. I agree. You guys, you're starting, you're, you're turning it around, 7-3 and three in the last 10. You know, yeah. I get that. That's good. You're a little rocky out in your couple games out west on east, 8-3, and 3-0 three, three and in your division. I can, I can, I can stand with that. But, but Brad, I picked you for coach of the year. <laughs> and I, I am not getting coach of the year results from you, Bradley. So I'm going to need you to turn this, to write this ship, and it seems like it's writing, and that's good. But I need you to write it, and I need you to write it faster. Because <laughs> 10 and 7 in your first 17 games is not, is not the Brad Stevens that, that, that I, I know and that I picked for coach of the year. <laughs> that's funny because that's the same way I feel about the Timberwolves, man. Mm. Yeah, Timberwolves having excuse. Timberwolves having excuse. We can use the Devin Booker excuse that they're young, they're getting yeah. used to a new system. Yeah. Boston, their excuse is Jay Crowder was hurt for a little bit. I so know. is Al Horford. Jay, Jay, yeah. Jay Crowder is a huge part of that team, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Huge part, and so, and Al Horford now too, especially with Sullinger gone. So. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, the East, everyone in the East is kind of underperformed this season. Let's be honest. No, uh. I mean, dude, so, do we think the Bulls are going to be ten and six and go forward to on the circus trip? No. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> no. No. But you know what? They they lost games they should have lost on that trip, and they won games they should have won. There has not been one win from the Bulls season that I've been like super impressed with. Like, oh man, you know they beat this team. You know, I mean, they beat the they beat the Celtics on opening night. You know, and then didn't they lose to them a few weeks later? Like the next week. Next, the next week they the next week they lost to them, and there's no consistency there. And I'm happy they they <laughs> they had a good road trip. That's great and everything. But they have not shown to me that they can they can consistently beat any good teams. But they haven't played a whole lot of good teams. But this Friday, that's all going to change because they're playing the Cavs. Yeah, that was my game of the week actually. So. Sorry. Like, no, no, it's okay. Totally fine. <laughs> um, Alex, it's funny you mentioned about Brad Stevens. There was an article on ESPN that someone wrote today, and it was saying that like the Celtics are undefeated when Brad Stevens wears a tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, uh, is that not great NBA writing or what? That is that is NBA writing. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's some observation right there. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, that was um, that that's been a, it's been a very interesting year for the Celtics. And you're right, man. Crowder being out for a little bit hurt. Horford being out for a little bit, obviously, you know, being their big signee. Yeah, and you have that you have that haze you know, when the season starts, and you everyone I think kind of starts a little rocky. Even how even Golden State's lost two games. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they're the already switch. they're they're already performing below expectations. Right. <laughs> And but, now they've won 10 in a row and they're performing below expectations. Is it oh, God. They're incredible. 12. <laughs> they, they, they've won a dozen they've won tw- in a row. They've won 12 in a row. Yes. Like, and that's the thing. We mentioned, Sean, you mentioned the Hawks. I watched that game Monday night when Draymond made those two crazy plays at the end. And yeah. Like, first off, I love that he alone has brought back the defense for the Golden State Warriors. Um, because, like, in that game, like, if you go back and watch that game, Steph started that game, like, one for 10 and made his first shot. And then, like, KD wasn't hitting shots. Clay was hitting shots, but Clay's caught on fire. So, Clay Thompson, I will retract my statement I made a couple weeks ago. I apologize for calling you out. Um, please, Brad like, Stevens, you're still on thin ice. <laughs> please don't <laughs> find me. But yeah, man, like um, 
I 100% love, and this is this could be in the segment if need be, how well Draymond Green has really stepped up to be the defender for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, surprised. No. He's the perennial, you know, DPOY for Golden State and everything. Uh, but I think it's a testament to how much of an anchor defensively Igudala and Bogut were. Yes. And I think that that was cool that, like, in the press conference, I don't know if you guys saw that, like, Draymond sits on the press conference, they ask him about, because he made two awesome plays at the end of the game this time. He, he blocked Schroeder, and then he, like, makes a ball where, like, the ball bounced off him, but he found a way to get to off of the play for the Hawks to go out of bounds for this, uh, the uh, Warriors to clinch the game. He goes to the press room, he sits down, he's like, you know, a lot of you guys said that we don't have any more defense out of the bogus gun. And honestly, that pissed me off. And I was like, Draymond, we're cool. We're cool, man. <laughs> so... Huh? Yeah, it's it's been awesome, and I, I they've been fun to watch, and they're incredible, and I cannot wait for Christmas Day with those guys when they play Cleveland. Oh, it's going to be so yeah. good. So, guys, yeah, while we're talking about amazing performances, we can't have an NBA show and not talk about the year Russell Westbrook's having so far. We're Jesus. currently at what now? They've played about 17 games. He is average, currently averaging a triple-double. Um, he has eight of them already. He now has as many triple-doubles in his career as LeBron James does. And that's about a seven-year NBA career difference. Um, he obviously does not have the players around him he once did. Right, Kevin Durant and James Harden? He obviously... And I like Oladipo, but for some reason, if you look at numbers, Oladipo's only good when Russell Westbrook's on the court with him. I don't understand that. And um, he's just been unbelievable night after night after night. So Alex... You know, the obvious question is going to be, do you think he can lay a triple-double year all season? Uh, but the other question is, like, what about this just blows your mind? Or Are you even surprised anymore because it's Russell Westbrook? Uh, I'm not. I mean, he's got, you know, Oklahoma City is kind of his cross to bear now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm not surprised to see the inflated numbers. And I, I do think, he, like you say, not having the star players around him kind of creates some inflated statistics because there's more on him. But holy shit, is he not stepped up? Right. Uh, I, I think there there was a lot of pressure on him. He answered the call. Uh, this is uh, when Derrick Rose came into the league. He was described as Jason Kidd with a jump shot. I apologize, Russell Westbrook is Jason Kidd with a jump shot. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's this is this is the Russell Westbrook we knew existed, right? I mean, this right. is the one that. This was why you know he was drafted so high out of, out of out of college and everything. I mean, this is the Russell Westbrook I think everybody's been been waiting for and that knows is in there. He just didn't have to let it out. I, I think I'm going to go back uh, from a, probably a month or so ago. I made a comment that this tenure in Oklahoma without a really solid like A minus or B guy, I think is going to take maybe a season or two off of Russell Westbrook's playing career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he can withstand this pace and stay healthy i mean fuck it more power to him like give him all the mvps give him give him a cy young give him (laughs) you know the lombardi shoot some confetti in his face whatever you got to do like this dude yeah yeah i mean hell he's easy front runner for mvp i completely agree (laughs) he's definitely the front runner right now um however the thunder I've said this before. They need to win at least 50 games for him to win that that award. So, and they will, I think. I hope. Do you like? Like I, th- I hope. And, I th- and you know what? And this is this is why I have faith they're going to do that, Tim. Because Sam Presti makes moves. 
He does. Mid-season, someone, Rudy Gay or someone else is going to end up on that team to help him. Ooh. And they're going to have, they're going to get some other secondary score. I was kind of hoping Oladipo would step up this season. And I mean, he's done well, but he's not, I, I don't think he's the guy everybody thought he was coming out of college. So, well, uh, his numbers are so different when Russ is on the court and when Russ isn't on the court. And that's what's so weird. <laughs> Well, he he makes everyone better, man. I mean, he's a damn good point guard. Oh, I mean, he is. Back, back, back during the back during the Derrick Rose MVP season, when when they played each other, they were like spot on every time. And Russell Westbrook always has had a chip on his shoulder, which I love. Mm-hmm. But like Alex said, you know, if you know if he doesn't get that A minus B player, it's going to take some years off of him because. You know, he's he's got an injury history, too, you know, and at right. bad times, like right before the playoffs that one year. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know. He he's he relies on being athletic so much that, uh, you know, it, it eventually catches up to you. You can't do that all the time unless you're LeBron James. Right. Who is is no longer man. He is machine. Yeah, so. that's, that's interesting too. I was going to kind of get your guys' thoughts on that. I, I know I was tweeting about today and Alex and I were kind of interacting a little bit. Um, currently, when you look at the assist leaders in the National Basketball Association, LeBron James is third. Like, is that crazy? Like, he's still putting about 22, 23 points a game. This is the first time in his career, if the season ends as is, that he will not be the leading scorer on his team because Kyrie Irving is just shooting from, like, everywhere. But LeBron is currently third in the league in assists. Like, he's completely changing how he's played his game. I think a lot of that is he's won a title in Cleveland. There is some pressure off him. Um, but at the same time, like, LeBron, the distributor, might be my favorite LeBron player ever. Yeah. I, I, I just want to take this real fast and and, and say uh, Alex was right. You were, man. You were. I'm just, I just wanted to get that out. I wanted, okay. uh, I wanted, to, st- I wanted to stake my first one on the season. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's I, I agree with you guys. Like this is I love LeBron the distributor. Yeah. Like I like seeing him get the team involved and I like seeing him play more of a I can take my foot off the gas game. And you kind of get to see that all around. He's not, you know, the six nine, two seventy dude barreling down the lane for a huge dunk and get out of the way or you explode. It's it's he's playing a much more like finesse style where it is the more the distribution and stuff like that and i remember when he was in high school people were always you know when he was getting the next jordan and stuff like that the other more the other things you'd often hear would be oscar robertson or uh, magic johnson yeah and i definitely think we're seeing the more magic side of lebron this time around as opposed to the more jordan side mm-hmm. and i mean it's been a blast it has been man yeah. um jason pat who runs bloggable who we had on the show he runs a Today's Fast Break. His website had a really good article about why the Cavaliers don't need a backup point card because they have one, and his name is LeBron James. And it's, like, totally true. Like, the thing oh, 100%. Is, yeah, and, like, you talk about that, and, you know, you're seeing Kevin Love look like Minnesota Kevin Love again, like, with what LeBron's doing for him. And he just looks awesome. And there's that night when he had 34 points in the first quarter, and you're just like, it's uh, it's it's neat to see, like, I know everyone thinks the Cavaliers may need to get another guy, but I, I alone think with those three that they're so special and so fun to watch, as much as it pains us as Bulls fans to say, but, like, <laughs> Jesus, man, the things they do on the court together, it's unreal. 
Sure. I mean, we got to face the facts on that one. I mean, just this is this is LeBron's world. We're all just living in it. But sure. to talk about like Kevin Love and, and Irving and stuff like that, I mean, a rising tide raises all ships, right? So yeah. he's he's playing out of his mind. He's getting everybody involved. He's it's not like I, like I said, it's not the LeBron Cavs. For right. once, we're actually seeing you know everybody like top to bottom kind of get involved, and I, I think that this is exactly what he needed to do at this point in his career too. I agree, and uh, we talk about like what we're loving. I'm loving that the Cavs are gonna bring back the orange unis for eight games a year. Like they're bringing back those old throwback orange ones that say like Cavs on them with like the blue outline. I'm I stoked. Love I know. I'm stoked. So yeah, just just think it. It just makes me think of you know Craig Elo getting. Getting jumped over top of. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> so, I guess I could shift there, guys. Um, you know, obviously our ears are going to perk anytime the name Jimmy Butler comes up because we're all fans. Um, to say that he's having a really good year is an understatement so far. Um, he's been outstanding. That night against the Lakers, the first time they played when he had 40 points and didn't have a single three-pointer, just showed you the kind of player he's become. I love the interaction that him and Dwayne Wade are having is like that big brother, little brother combo. And uh, Alex and I talked about this over Twitter also, where we said to like, watch those two run the fast break together is so beautiful. And the way that Wade is like adapted to his role in Chicago is outstanding. You know, we heard all this time and we kind of questioned it during the off season of the, this is Jimmy Butler's team. We thought at some point Dwayne Wade's going to take over, but like this to see what Jimmy Butler's doing is just amazing, and it's so fun to see, and I love it, and he's becoming a superstar player. Uh, Sean, I know you're one of the people that's not ready to put him in that top 10 category. I have him, like, maybe 12 as far as best players. According to PER, he's 7th, by the way, which is crazy to me. Um, so, Alex, man, you, like me, your heart bleeds bulls. Um, when you talk about Jimmy Butler, the year he's having, what do you think about this, man? Like, it's, it's insane to see what he's doing. Like, at some point, he's got to stop getting better, right? You think <laughs> it's that that's the crazy thing about about Jimmy Butler. And I mean, I've read that almost verbatim statement before in other articles and posts where it's just at what point is he going to stop getting better? Because last year we were like, oh, this is peak Jimmy. Like, this is Jimmy's team now this season. It's like, oh, no, that wasn't peak Jimmy. Is this right. peak Jimmy? And so now, I mean, it's definitely super exciting, too, because what we thought was his ceiling, he's kind of shattered that. So now it's a bit more of an unknown where it's like, oh shit, how good is this guy? And that's just such a testament to him as a worker and as a person too. I mean, he's a dude that has a job to do and he does it and he works at it and gets better at it. And I think that's a testament to just him as a player. And I, I'm really, really happy he's on our side. Yeah, no kidding, man. He's he's killing it as we speak. He has nine points on three shots, and he's five for six from the free throw line. Like, I mean, this is the first quarter. It's not even done yet. And that's the important thing, too, I think, going back on Westbrook, too, is and that's going to help, I think, both of those guys, is their ability to get to the line. Yeah. And I think that was something that was such a catastrophic thing for Rose, was he never got the calls. Right. And if Westbrook can get the calls, then he can keep going into the lane so he doesn't have to adjust his game. So uh, tangentially speaking, there's another benefit for Westbrook that also ties into Jimmy Butler. Not just Team Jordan? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, those commercials are outstanding this year. Like, Team Jordan just quit giving a hell and just, like, quit going for it. So, you know, they're doing the Space Jam advertisements, 
And they did the one with Butler the other day that came out when he's like looking at the wall of the Monstars. He's like, oh no, another super team. You'd think they'd have learned by now. I'm like, damn, Jimmy. I love That's it. That's funny. Yeah. And then, of course, they did the Now I Do What I Want commercial with Russell Westbrook. So, like, you know that they're like, cool, buy our stuff. I I am so impressed by Jimmy this year. He is, uh, he's, he's, he's played out of his mind. And I, I didn't think this, this, now, it's still early in the year. It is. I might kick myself for saying this, but. We're but a quarter the, of the season through, though, already. I know, but the the camaraderie and the uh, you know the the teamwork between him and Dwayne Wade has worked. Yes, <laughs> and uh, you know Jimmy's Jimmy actually played a four when he was when he was playing at Marquette. So him moving to the three probably was a more natural fit for him to begin with. Mm-hmm. So and then you throw and and Wade's having a great little season too. Yeah. You know, uh, so I mean, those two together—they've—they've they've really surprised me a lot. So I think, uh, I, I, sky's the limit for that guy. Have we ever seen this though? Like, have we ever seen this evolution of a player? Like, we're talking about a guy that his rookie year averaged two point eight points a game, and right now is averaging twenty six points a game. Like, that doesn't happen too often in this league. Only if you get sprinkled with that Tibbs dust. Yeah, yeah, he got sprinkled early, <laughs> and <laughs> the seed continues to grow while the, the tim- while the Timberwolves just fade into obscurity. <laughs> I just think they're a year away, honestly. With the tip, with the uh, I almost said the Timberwolves. That was almost yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're, uh, gonna, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make a trade this year. They have to. I don't know. I and I don't I don't know who Tibbs is gonna go after. There's there's rumors of like Luol Deng and you know some other older people that he went after. He he sure as hell went after Jimmy Butler on draft night. Yeah. <laughs> the Bulls can deny that up and down, but that happened. And uh, you know if uh, I, I don't, they have so many pieces they could move and keep the core as long as they keep you know. I, it, I think Levine's playing great this year. He is. I mean, uh, offensively, he's been great. He's I don't know if he's ever going to be a great defender, but he's played well. Wiggins and Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I think if you keep those three guys together, and uh, you know, I I don't know if Ricky Rubio's get he, his his stats are just Bad. down this year. He yeah, yeah, he's terrible. He's on my fantasy team, and I'm about to drop his ass. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, pick uh, he, up Sean Kilpatrick. You can have that backup point guard. He's point guard I, eligible. I, I know. After his monster freaking night last night, yeah, dude. Thirty of like thirty-seven and fourteen or something. Yeah, good for him, man. Right good for him. Yeah, I agree for sure. So I'm sure you know we could do the Jimmy Butler cast. If we really wanted to, guys, but we got some other things we got to talk about in the game in the league right now. And we're already about half an hour into the show. We're just killing it on the Corner 3 podcast like we always do. Um, so, we like to talk trade rumors on this show. And we could spend an hour probably just alone talking about where Nerlens Noel could end up. Because the reports come out he wants out of Philly. We know that at some point Rudy Gay is also leaving Sacramento. But we stick on Sacramento. Because we here at the Corner 3 are very well endorsers of the Free Boogie campaign. And Boogie himself is trying to get the free Boogie campaign going by bringing up the potential of playing with his best friend, former college teammates, John Wall and Eric Bledsoe on an NBA team together. So, let's go back in time for a little bit, guys, shall we? We'll get our DeLorean to 2010 when these young freshman Kentucky Wildcats in the first year of John Calipari were so fun to watch, and they were unbelievable, and it brought this crazy program that we all know for being this illustrious winning program back and 
these were these young 18-year-old kids who really started the one-and-done at Kentucky. And we knew John Wallace would be the first pick in the draft. And we knew DeMarcus Cousins had a chance to be a high-tier pick also. And they won a lot of games, but it fell apart in the end. But nothing will ever take away from how dominant that team was and how really how well they played together, even with not being on the same page. Now, we have a chance of seeing these guys who have matured as basketball players who really, you know, have done a lot of great things. And Sean made the mention, you know, in the text earlier, that if, you, if, a, if Boogie signs another year, they're all UD, UDFAs in 2019. Can that was this... Alex. Oh, that was Alex. I'm sorry, Alex. I, Alex. Did not, I did not mean to discredit you. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, so that brings me to this. They've both said, you know, Wall said he wants Boogie in, in Washington. Boogie said he wants Wall and Bledsoe in Sacramento. Can this work? Like, this isn't really super team esque, is it? I mean, is it if like they play really well together? I think that's such a strange thing because you're grabbing. It's not you know the Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett right. big three, or like the Miami big three. This is like a big three if like Tony Kukoc and. I don't know, two other guys I can't think of right now trying to make a big three. (laughs) (laughs) Right, it's it's kind of like this weird, like, I don't know, it's like buying a bag of trail mix without any raisins in it, if that makes any sense. You're just kind of like, well, I guess this will be okay, but it's not really what I was looking for. But... That's the best description of this this whole scenario. <laughs> that was perfect. I completely agree with you. But it's like like I said, I mean, like this is at least barring trades and things like that, three years away. It requires Demarcus Cousins to possibly sign a one year extension in Sacramento if they all want to go free agents at the same time. I just think given the current contracts that they have, uh and and everything how yeah, and all of that. I mean, that's it, cool. More power to you. Thanks for talking about it now and letting everybody know your all's three-year plan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if it happens, cool. If I, The only way I see it really happening, like I said, barring trades or a team really taking a flyer on this and gutting their roster for it is going to be through free agency, and that's not going to be until 2019, I think, was when they all become unrestricted, so... I don't know. It's a pipe dream. Sounds cool. But here's the other thing about it, and Sean, I know you'll probably chime in on this too. Um, These, like, super teams, when these guys come together, it's big markets. You know, it's Miami. It's, you know, Golden State. It's Los Angeles. It's New York. It's, you know, things like that. Like, Washington and Sacramento and Phoenix aren't exactly some market where you're like, holy shit, they signed those guys? It's over. They're going for it. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see, like, does somebody... I, like, I think DeMarcus Cousins genuinely likes being in Sacramento. He's just had shitty teams right. for years, and he's had coaches that have not worked well with him. And, um, you know, I he's having, he's having a great year, once again. He's mm-hmm. DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. Gonna get his points, gonna get his rebounds, gonna get some steals. I mean, he, he's the man. I don't I don't even know even if you put John Wall and Eric Bledsoe on that team two explosive guards and I'll be the first to say I didn't I didn't think Eric Bledsoe no was going to be as good as he turned out No way I agree mm-hmm. I I did not know he was that good and he got completely overshadowed by John Wall and uh Michael Carter 
or Michael Kidd Gilchrist. That, different, that, that's different years, bro. Yeah, different years. Yeah, Who's the other one? Who's Patrick the other Patterson. Who's the other? Patrick Patterson. Yes, yes. And so you know, he. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just I don't know. It's it's going to be kind of a a weird team to put together if it actually happens. I would imagine it would be in Sacramento, though. I don't see Boogie moving to Washington. You know, <laughs> see, I, I could see I could see them storming the Capitol and and going to DC. I, dude, I hate. I don't know what it is. I just. I've never. <laughs> I've never been a fan of Washington basketball, like ever, like ever. Like, really? I've never liked. I've never liked that. Even with Michael Jordan on there, say. I hated that team. <laughs> even with him on there, I was like, I was like, why is? Why did he come out of retirement to play with Rip Hamilton and Kwame Brown? Know? And Kwame freaking Brown. Like I like that. That's always going to be the blip on his resume that everyone chooses to forget. But I, I don't know what it is. I've just I've never liked that. I never get I anytime I see a Washington game on television, I flip it off. I just don't care about that team. I don't know what it is, man. And uh, I've always I felt that way since I was a little kid. I you know so I hope they don't go there because I'm still not going to be happy about it. <laughs> so, I, I, I just I don't like that team. I don't know what it is. I I I, I am never going to be a Washington fan. <laughs> So. Yeah, because like if you look at those markets, like New York's not gonna be able to do it down the road because once even when Mel and Rose are gone, they're gonna pay Porzingis a lot of money. Yeah. Um, we right. know we've discussed the Clippers window, how it's basically gonna close after this year because of all the money they're either gonna have to give out to keep it going, or they're not gonna have enough money to keep this guy. So I can't see. I could potentially see Bledsoe going back to the Clippers, but are Wall and Boogie gonna be like, yeah, let's all do this in LA for the other team? Like, I don't see that being the case. Well, I mean, that implies the Clippers losing Paul, Paul and, and Griffin. Redick and Gr- Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and could DeAndre and DeMarcus Cousins play together? I highly doubt it. Well, they did in the Olympics, but that's a different story. That's accepting right. your role. Um, so, yeah, man, like, it's a fun thing, but, like, and I think the other point I have to make here is those guys weren't even on the same page when they were at Kentucky. Like, right. they, were, they were outstanding, yeah. but there was a lot of teams that they were playing that they were much better than that they beat by, like, four. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and they were they 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 un, they are one of the most underachieving college teams ever, because they should have wiped the floor with everyone. Yes. I mean, they were so dominant, and like, you know, I I love Kentucky's basketball program. I do, but that year I hated that team. <laughs> I could not stand <laughs> them. So Alex can Alex probably remembers, but I I oh, one dude, of them. Yeah. And Alex watched them religiously just because he loves basketball. But, like, I, I just could not get into them because it was it was the same. You know, I I don't know. It was just. Uh, not wrong. You know, I, yeah, no, I just I, I think speaking from, you know, like you said, watching it religiously and everything. But I think my biggest issue with that roster was is I wish that wasn't Calipari's first roster. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I really wish that got to be his second year because I really think. A year with just John Calipari at the helm of whatever fucking three ring circus Billy Gillespie threw together, <laughs> I, and, and fucking wheeled out there in a damn push cart, and then they were like, "We beat the school for the blind by two. and you're like, "That's great, Billy Gillespie," but I, I think if Calipari came in with not quite that high level of a roster. I mean, yeah, dude, dude showed up in a fucking blaze of glory on a chariot pulled by so many golden pegasi. But 
it was so frustrating because like it was like everybody forgot about Billy Gillespie, as they should have. Yes. Right, but <laughs> just it was it was like just bloop gone, like never happened. Like Kentucky fans did to Billy Gillespie what I wish I could do to Breaking Bad. <laughs> Just so I could go back and relive Breaking Bad. But, like, I don't know how they all did that collectively. Just like, nope, never there. Tubby Smith and Calipari. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, like, at all. No. That's, a, that's a good point I agree with. So, guys, let's go ahead before we go and uh, wrap up a decent mark here. So, let's talk our games of the week this week. If we got a chance to look at the schedule, see ones that jump out to us. And I'll go cliche here. Only because, like we said, as dearly beloved, diehard crazy Chicago Bull fans. Friday night's a big night, guys. This is, um, we're going to really see if this team is as good as they've looked so far or as bad as they've looked at times. This is the Cleveland Cavaliers coming to town. They're defending NBA champions. It's the first time Dwayne Wade plays them in a uniform that's not Miami. It's LeBron James living up his best Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. That's just a funny storyline I threw on there. It's, um, (laughs) on the same note, it's how dominant are the Cavaliers? Like, the Bulls are on a good stretch. They've played well for sure. like a few weeks now. Like, how are the Cavaliers going to take a team that's going to have three days rest before they go that go there? But they, they travel and go there, coming off a very embarrassing loss where J.R. Smith forgot he was playing defense and um have to go play like a, 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 a Bulls team that is streaming in a good direction right now. So that's my game of the week. You guys can touch on that and you kind of give your opinion if you have another one. So Alex, what do you think about it, man? I always look forward to Butler versus LeBron. Yeah. Uh, That's always, I love those kinds of matchups. I don't know. I got my eyes on this Bucks-Nets game going on tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. Definitely bulls catch. Giannis for (laughs) (laughs) sure. I don't know. There's that Hornets-Mavericks game coming up. Kill kill Patrick versus Tony Snell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The matchup where the NBA asked if we could, but not if we should. And this goes back to my point of, like, and I know, you know, that game. Like, one-on-one matchups sound great. Like, like Wade and JR with how they're playing this year. Um, Butler and LeBron, like you mentioned. Even Taj and how well he's playing going against Love. And Robin Lopez and Tristan Thompson have had, like, secretly good years. But there's that whole Kyrie Irving versus Rajon Rondo thing that's not going to be as fun. No, it's not, it's not going to be enjoyable. No. It's, no, I think... What, if you had to predict the score, Alex, what would you say? Mm, I think it depends on which Bulls team shows up. That's true. Yeah. Uh, because the thing is, with getting Butler versus LeBron, conversely, you get LeBron versus Butler, uh, which could easily negate themselves. Uh I don't know. I think it'll be close. I'll go. I'll go one thirteen, one oh eight, Cavs. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 like I think that. the Bulls. I think the Bulls will hang in there. Uh, I. I don't think. I, like for some reason, all Bulls teams. This is not a four quarters team. Uh, no, and not at all. They are going to have. And that was a Tibbs issue too, and you can see that with the Timberwolves. But uh, I think if they can play a full cohesive collective 48 minutes amongst them, they will do enough to lose by five. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think the rivalry is quite as hot as it used to be, especially with Wade being on the Bulls now. Like, I just, uh, like, it kind of gives me a queasy feeling. Like, <laughs> like this, this guy was teammates. With, this isn't going to work at all. They're not going to be mad at each other. They're just going to hug and then go out for 
wings or something afterwards, you know? <laughs> LeBron you know? loves his wings, guys. <laughs> LeBron, wings. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. That's, I mean, there's, there's no other game of the week for me. I'm a Bulls fan. I'm a homer. Right. Homer's here at the corner three. So, but um, at least we admit it, you know? At least right. we're not like... Right. We're not like some sneaky uh, <clears throat> other corner three podcast that. Oh no 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 we're not. Oh. <laughs> we're kidding we're kidding we're kidding. But I think if I'm Hoiberg in this game, I probably do use a little more Cannon and Grant than I do Rondo, uh, because for the love of God, I do not want to see Rondo <laughs> on skates in this game. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. All right, guys, so I think with that being said, we touched on everything this week. We can go wrap up this week's edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. Um, a lot of fun discussion this week. Uh, be sure to check us out on all of our different social media sites, and especially our website, thecorner3.net, where you can check out fun past shows we've done where we've interviewed a lot of beat writers and Kendall Gill. And we had a really fun discussion <laughs> with Kendall Gill. And um, Kendall what Gill. What was his name again? Kendall okay. Gill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He played for the Bulls. Okay. Dude, actually, it was funny. It's the week, the day after we had him, he went on Chuck Swirsky's podcast. And you remember how you were like, I don't, I think he's going to say the toughest person I ever got was Michael Jordan. He mentioned some guy he played against in college. Really? Nice. Yeah. So you would have oh. been wrong. It would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy the week of NBA basketball. It's going to be a lot of fun games, particularly that game Friday night at the United Center. Have a good one, everyone. Enjoy the week. Like, subscribe, share, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Do all that. See you guys. Night, guys. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.